0: Baimo, welcome everyone. We are continuing our study of Simcha. We are in class number fifty-five. We have been spending the last few classes discussing Shitika and specifically the subject of Yisurin. This class has been generously sponsored in memory of Avadia Ben Shoshana by his son, Victor Satan. Amen. When we discuss the subject of Yisurin, of suffering of all kinds, we've already learned a lot about it. We still have a little more to go. We must keep in mind what our Rabbis teach us, I think something we're all aware of, I don't think it's a major haidush to anybody here, but it's good to hear it from the words of Hazal, and that is Kol hanegaim, Kol hanegaim, Adam ro'e, hut min that statement has a meaning in halakha. But our rabbis <coughs> explain it as a hint to some other reality in our lives. And that is the word negaim is something negative. Afflictions. So Hazal say, negaim, to see something negative a person is able to see our eye is capable of seeing negative things we don't just see positive but the hidush is that even though we're able to see anything negative koala negaim adam min asmo unless the negative is in ourselves When it comes to the negative within us, then somehow we become blind. We don't see, we don't hear. So it's interesting. A human is capable of seeing all the negatives and if we would walk around the room, they would be able to point to each one in every person. But yet when it comes to their own, somehow they don't see. In fact, perhaps, perhaps that was the message that Hashem gave every person when He made us in a way that we're not able to see a very large portion of our body. The most obvious is our face. There's no greater human part than the human head and the human face and yet no human could ever see any part of their face or any part of their head why did Hashem make it like that well one could say well the eyes don't see there that's a silly answer the creator of the world had everything in mind when he made whatever he made why would he make it that everybody could see my face but I can't see my face I can't see my back I can't see many parts of my body when others could perhaps that was a reminder to us that you can't very often see what everybody else could see negaim <speaking in Hebrew> Adam Everybody else, you could see everything about them, but not yourself. There's a term called denial. We've all seen a person in denial. This is a person who's unaware of some aspect of reality. A reality that could be very clear to everybody else. They just don't see it. The person is not consciously lying. They have even swear up and down that they believe that this is the truth. But somewhere deep in their subconscious, there is an awareness of the fact but they're not able to access it. Why do we have denial? Where did it come from? The human mind automatically tries to protect a person from pain. When we know it's a painful situation, we, our mind says, stay away. Even a little child, if they experience fire, they put their hand back. Emotional pain is a tremendous amount of pain. When a person is going to be in pain because of a certain reality that's about them, let's say they're very angry people, that's painful to hear that you're an angry person. To hear that you're a selfish person, that's very painful. When a certain part of our reality is too painful to face, what the human mind is, does, it puts it somewhere stored far away. And you won't be able to realize that it's there. It's called denial. The reason why Hashem did it on a, on a spiritual level is that we can have free choice. Because if we lived with the pain of being selfish or the pain of being angry and all the pains that we have, if we lived with that and it was conscious, we would change immediately. Who wants to live with pain? But Hashem makes it where we have free choice. Where that painful reality that's sitting inside of us somehow gets pushed to the subconscious. So you don't think about it. You don't even think it's there. So obviously, you're not in pain. I mean, you know it's there. If you really thought about it, you could find it. But it has to be your free choice. You have to go look for it. Hashem wouldn't make the pain so strong and obvious because there is no free choice. There'd be no selfish person on the planet. It might seem nice to say that, but it wouldn't be their free choice. And the world is all about free choice. So denial is a mechanism that our mind uses to hide some painful information. Who is capable of denial? Is it just for the simpleton? How about great people? Are they capable of denial? How about very smart people? Are they capable of denial? Smart people also can't see? Great people also can't see? Or is it just for the simple person that's not so bright, not so great? They're capable of denying obvious truth. But great people, smart people? No, never. You can't get them. What well, we find in the Torah, that it's not that way. If anything, it could be that the greater you are, the more capable you are of denial. The smarter you are, the more capable you are of denial. If you're very smart, you have a lot of good ideas of how to protect what you know is not true. If you're very great, you have a lot of pain about certain things that other people may not be so pain about. It pains you much more when you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing because you're a greater person. So you have more at risk and more reason to deny And we find examples in the Torah, I'll give you a couple of some great people, that we find in them this issue. The Torah tells us that the news came to Abraham says that they came and they told Abraham that she's going to have that Sarah is going to have a child after many years of waiting and the Pasuk says Sarah Sarah left inside of her she was laughing Nothing external, but she was laughing. What was the laugh all about? What was she trying to say with that laugh? The Pasuk says, After I have withered, I'm old, Now I'm going to have a child at this age. So Hashem confronts Abraham and says, Abraham, why did your wife live? Lemor to say, as if she's saying, is it possible that I can give birth? Hashem says to Abraham, what, You don't believe that Hashem could bring you a child at any age? You think that's beyond the creator of the world? To give a child to an old woman? What is she laughing about? Doesn't she have emuna? What happened to Sarah? The Pasuk says that when Sarah was confronted, the Pasuk says, Sarah denied it. She said, unbelievable. She says, I didn't laugh. I know what you're talking about. What left? Why? Pasuk says, Ki yare'a," Because she was afraid. The simple translation is, she was afraid to say that she left. So she said, I didn't left." She was too scared to admit it. We've been in situations like that, where we got scared, so we just lied. She said, no, I didn't laugh. And the Pasuk says, as if to say, she knew she left, but she said, I didn't leave, because she was afraid. And he said back to her, look, you did live. So the question is, what happened to Sarah? How is she denying that she left? Because she was afraid? Doesn't seem to be on the level of Sarah. This is a woman that Hazal tells us, never sinned. Well, there's one right here. That's an outward lie. doesn't matter. You're afraid. You're still lying. You know, people have all excuses why they did the wrong thing. It's still the wrong thing. It's still called a bad thing. How can this woman be the woman that never sinned? One of the most beautiful explanations on this subject comes The Gerebi who says a beautiful explanation. He says, Of course she didn't lie. That's not what it means. When it says, She said, I didn't laugh. Because she was afraid. He says, Because she thought she didn't laugh. She really thought she didn't laugh. So what does it mean because she was afraid? He says, Because in her mind, She was a God-fearing person. In her mind, she had emuna. She was teaching emuna. She's writing books on emuna. People came to her for Emuna. Yare'ah, she had yir'at shamaim. In her mind, she was a God-fearing Jew who understood that Hashem runs the world and even the smallest thing that happens is a miracle. That's what she thought of herself. So therefore, she couldn't believe she couldn't imagine it would be too painful for Sarah Imenu to actually believe that she would live almost as if doubting if this could happen. So it wasn't that she lied. She was she didn't deny, she was in denial. Lots of hati. I didn't laugh. Kiyareah. She couldn't believe that she would live. Someone like me would laugh. Someone would like, would like me would have a question in Emunah? I don't know if we're going to find a greater person than Sarai Menu. And even she was capable of denial. We, we've been reading the last few weeks about Yosef and his brothers. I don't know if there's a clearer, more blatant <coughs> denial in the entire Torah than the story of Yosef and his brothers. And every year we read the same story, and every year you have the same questions. How could it be that the brothers of Yosef didn't realize that this was their brother Yosef? Just remember, it wasn't like he was an old man. He left them at 17, this was when he was 30. So yes, he was a little bit older. And yes, Hazal say that now he had a beard. But people with a beard don't change completely. So he wasn't that much older, and he didn't look that much different. And in fact, Hazal tell us that he looked like his father. That means he had a resemblance to the family. True, his name was no longer Yosef. Obviously, they would have figured that one out. And he was known to be a Na'ar Ivri. It wasn't a secret. That's what Sarah Mashkim told Paro. With us, there was a Na'ar Ivri. Someone who was an Ivri. How could they not realize And the way he treated them. I mean, in those days, people were coming from all countries to buy food from Egypt. There was a famine. And they were the only supplier of food. People coming in, paying, getting their food, and leaving. But not them. Right away, they're being accused of being spies. All kinds of questions he's asking them, interrogating them. Even Yehuda, when he was. Approaching Yosef by Yigash, told him how many questions you asked us. What do you want from us? From the time we met you, you're asking us about your family, you have a father, you have a brother. You, your dad was telling him, Were we asking to make me a shidduch with you? Did we come to marry your daughter? What, what are you asking us on these questions? invites them to his house to eat since when the people accused of being spies in the country get invited to eat with the prime minister and he sits them down with all the respect and he puts each one according to his age they couldn't that didn't shock them and then after they paid for the food they looked and they found their money was put back Then the goblet. And then he told them, go bring Benyamin. I want to see Benyamin. I want to see that brother. He keeps asking, "Has your father? And even, Hazal tells us, even after he told them, Ani Yosef Ahichem, I am your brother Yosef. If Hazar said, they didn't accept. No, it can't be. Until you had to prove it to them. What happened to them? The Gemara says, and we can never say these words, but the Gemara says it. we're allowed to say it. The Gemara says, The foolishness of the person makes their road crooked. Sometimes a person acts foolishly. And because of their foolishness, they end up in a crooked place. They're smoking all their life, so they end up getting sick. They're drinking, so that something happens to them. Adam, <laughs> Person talks in a coarse way, or they get angry all the time. They hurt themselves. The foolishness of a person, <laughs> they find themselves in the wrong place. And what do they do when that happens? Ve'al Hashem is <laughs> Then they turn to Hashem and say, what are you doing to me? Why'd you make me sick? I made you sick? What were you doing? Smoking for the last 30 years. I destroyed your marriage? Why were you talking like that? And on and on, says so often a person will make a terrible, foolish mistake or many mistakes and end up in a different place. They raise their children not in the way a child's supposed to be raised. Not a Jewish child at least. And then they see that they're suffering with their children. And then they wonder, what happened? Hashem, why did you do this to me? Adam, What you put in is what you get. But then they blame Hashem, why He's upset with them. The Gemara says that this pasuk, of course it's talking about every person, but says the Gemara, this pasuk specifically is talking about Yosef and his brothers. His brothers specifically. That they acted foolishly. But when they got their money back, the pasuk says, they said, Mazot asa Elohim lanu. What's Hashem doing to us? Not realizing, hey, there's more going on here. How could they not see it was their brother? And the answer is very simple because they're in denial. Because seeing Yosef as their brother would mean that what they've been thinking for so many years, all their plans, or all their betting, all of what they did, which they thought was 100% correct and the right thing to do, they thought his dreams were just coming against them. They never imagined that what he was actually saying was true. All of that, that they lived with this, for years, if this would be Yosef, who they actually bowed to, that means what he was saying was true. And that means everything they've been thinking and everything they've done was wrong. You know what happens when you have such a reality that's so painful, to erase 13 years of life, that you actually went and hurt your brother for no reason? You had to do things that were inappropriate? You know what kind of pain that is for great people? like the Shabbatim, they could not face it. They're in denial. You know why they didn't see yourself? Because they don't want to see yourself. They don't want to see the truth. It's too difficult. The Torah says it so beautifully, when it says, Ki has shohad, that bribery, when you give a judge money, not money to judge in your favor, Money as a gift, thank you. You're taking time? His don't, don't, nope. I don't want treatment different than another other guy. I just want to thank you. Shohad, says the Torah, he's disqualified. Why? He wasn't asked to lie. The person told him, please judge fairly. I just want to show you my appreciation. What's the problem? Says the Torah, no, no. Shohad, when you have a bribe, aver, you become a blind person. Even if you're a hacham, you're a smart person. But you become blind. Because when someone does you a favor, you have a connection, you have a love to him. You can't see anything wrong with him. And there's no person that we love more than ourselves. So it's not a secret that we would want at all costs never to see anything wrong with us. And even when we see wrong, we have all kinds of explanations and ways and why it's really not so bad or it's not really us or it's really our situation and it's really our husband and it's really our children and it's really, you know, we have all kinds, it's all part of the denial process to shake off any kind of guilt or bad feelings. So again, it's not just us that's capable of it some of the greatest, wisest people of history have been dealing with denial. So when we study the subject of Yisurin, denial plays a very big role in our reactions. We've been studying how Yisurin have a purpose. And the purpose is to make us greater, to raise us to another level but has no purpose in our lives yesurin, if we're not able to live reality if we're going to live with denial if we're going to look at ourselves as almost perfect nobody thinks they're perfect but almost everyone thinks they're almost perfect if you live in almost perfect reality very hard for any Yisurin to make any kind of impression on you. It's very hard, just the other day I'm talking to somebody and I could say, I don't know for sure, I'm I'm pretty confident that they have probably 10,000 things they need to change in their life. I could probably sit down and name at least 1,000 off the bat. Not big things, but a lot. And the person is telling me, I don't understand. I do nothing wrong. (laughs) And of course I had to agree because there was nothing to argue about. It wasn't a question. It wasn't like, Rabbi, do I do anything wrong? It was a statement. So of course not. And I believe the person uh, 100% was saying the truth in his mind. But it's such shekels. So if we're going to play the denial game, then really no Yisurim can ever reach. Because even when it lands, you can't imagine why. And then you'll turn up and say, Hashem, why? Why are you doing this to me? You know I'm perfect. I, what's the problem? So living a virtual perfect reality will make Yisurin useless. Because if Yisurin are there to bring a person a message to do something, to change something, you can't do it if you don't think there's anything wrong. And it's not because you're lying, it's because that you don't see. You don't see because you're in denial. And you need to uncover all the hidden things that are hiding. I must share with you a very beautiful statement from the Havot Levabot. Baruch Hashem, over the weeks and months and years, there's a lot of important things that we learn about. And all of them are worthwhile to learn and to review. But if I had to vote, I will tell you that the statement I'm about to tell you has to be one of the most powerful statements that anyone can ever hear, and most relevant in our lives. That you need to write it and put it somewhere that you could see it every day. Before I tell you the statement of the Havot L'Bavot, I'm going to read for you a pasuk in Tehilim. And unfortunately, I will not be able to finish the statement today. Today, I'll only be able to do half of it. It's not a long statement. The pasuk says, Tob veyashar Adonai, Alken yore hataim batalech. We actually learned this pasuk last week. But we gave a different explanation. But simply the Pasuk means Hashem is good, Hashem is straight. And therefore, because He's good and He's Yashan, therefore Alken Yore, the word Yoreh is Lashon Torah. Yoreh means to teach, like a Moreh. Alken, therefore Yore, He teaches Hata'im, he teaches people who are doing the wrong things. He teaches them, which means that Hashem has a road how to teach somebody. Not one road, many roads. Each person in their situation, Hashem has a road how He's going to teach them. Hashem is a master teacher. The Gemara Makot says that he doesn't only teach sinners. What does that mean he only teaches? Because he's good, he only teaches sinners. So he goes, no, no, no. Even hatayim. The Gemara says, of course, Kalva he teaches Sadiqim. If you're a great person, of course he's going to teach you. But the Gemara, the Pasuk is saying that even people who have done everything wrong, have made every wrong decision, Hashem is tov v'yashar and He's still teaching them. Says the Le L'Bagot that although, again, Hashem has many ways of teaching, but there are four major categories in how Hashem teaches us to go to a better ending. Teaches us to get to a higher place. Teaches us to have more simha in our lives. Teaches us to have a greater level of accomplishment. Says the Habot Levavot, number one, Vearishon, the first one. Yisurin Ba'im Alav. When Hashem sends someone some sort of suffering, that's a lesson. That is a way of Hashem teaching the person. Yisurim don't have to be major catastrophes. It could be small things too. It could be as small as a person who almost tripped. It's also called Yisurim, that a moment of fear. You're on a plane and oh, a bump. That's also Yisurim. Yisurin are, says the Havot Lavot, direct messages from the Creator to teach the person. The Pasuk says, fortunate is the person. Fortunate is the person that you, Hashem, send them yisurin because you want to teach them. You want to help them. The Gemara says in Berachot, Daf Listen to this Gemara. Amar Adam. If a person sees that Yisurin Ba'ina Lav, if he sees that he has certain suffering in, in his life, what should he do? Says the Gemara, Yefashfesh Ma'asav which means he should look into his actions. The first place to look, and maybe the only place to look, is in yourself. We got to look in ourselves. But notice by the way, it didn't say look in yourself like the way I said it. Because if you look in yourself, you probably won't find anything. But look in your actions. Don't say, I'm a good person. That's very misleading. Because goodness has many different translations. Every person does good. Doesn't mean you're a good person. Look in your actions. Don't say, I'm good, when you just yelled your head off at somebody that did something you didn't like. That's not good. Don't say, I am good. Because it could be you are good, generally. (inaudible) Look into your actions. Look at the way you treat people. When you see somebody, do you give them a warm hello? Do you do that? You don't do that? I do it sometimes. I do when my grandson comes over. That doesn't count. (laughs) Do you treat every person you see? Like you see your son, who you haven't seen in a few months? No, I don't do that. Well, that's wrong. We're expected to greet people and make them feel like a melech. When your grandson comes to your house, he feels like a melech. Because you make him feel that way. That's not just an obligation for your grandson, it's for every person you see. Do you do that? No. Well, I know you're a nice person. But that's wrong, what you're doing. We're not, this is not a a court case. If you're nice or not nice, if you're good or no good. Yasserim are not there to pass judgment on you. It's coming to teach you that there are things that you could be doing better or things that you're doing wrong. And you can't excuse yourself by just saying, I'm good, look, I go to class. I'm in this class, am I good? that's not fair of course you do good remember the Gemara says if Hashem teaches hata'im, all the more so tzaddikim. if you're doing good all the more so He needs to teach you bema'asav, look in your actions not look into your self-image because the self-image is generally good. And I could say confidently, for most of us, our self-image should be good. Because we do a lot of good. But that's not the answer. You cannot sit and tell me, I don't do anything wrong. That's not fair. Look in your actions. And the Gemara brings a pasuk. A pasuk in, in in Echa. This pasuk was brought down by Yirmiyahu Navi when he was writing about all the terrible things that happened during the destruction of the Beta Hamidash. Ani geber ani. A long perek over there talks about all the different things that were happening, and what was the end, the total, the the sum total of all that? Okay, bottom line, what are we reading? Echa. <coughs> suksez nahpesa we need to look into our ways and we need to look again nahpesa means to search nahkora means to have a hakira to have a, a greater look into the matter ve nashuva All of that, all the problems had one message. It's not just for the time of Ikha, it's for now. Whenever there's Yisurin, a person has to read the derachenu." Let's look into our ways. Yes, some ways are great, but maybe not always. Maybe you're doing great between you and Hashem, but not so great between you and people. A person who's doing great with Him and Hashem is doing great. He's learning Torah all day. He's doing so many mitzvot. His tefillah is just off the top of the best. Unbelievable. But there could be a whole area of his life that they're ignoring or ignoring some of it. Maybe shonara. maybe not giving kavod to people the right way. Or a person could be beautiful when they, the way they treat others, so kind, so nice, so warm. But when it comes to them, and Hashem, weak. The Shabbat, Hadzi I have a beautiful Shabbat. It's not about being beautiful. There's a Shabbat called Shabbat keilcheta, and there's a Shabbat nakeilcheta. You have to ask yourself: Is my Shabbat really the right Shabbat? A person's tefillah, a person's kashrut, a person's oh, anything they do. That's called derachenu. You have to look into all your ways. It's not fair. It's not fair. It's not fair to look at one of your ways and say, well, look, I'm very charitable. That doesn't cover the whole person. Oh, I go to a lot of classes. That, that's great. It doesn't cover the whole person. Dirachenu means search all your ways. So what's this difference between nachpesa, search, ve and look deeper into it. What is the difference? The difference is as follows. Nahbisa means you're looking to see what you're doing right or wrong. That's one section. Nahkora is a whole different study. It's a whole different look. It's not a look about what you're doing wrong or right. It's about what you could be doing more. Because Hashem gave you opportunity and gifts that He may not have given others. For example, maybe because you were blessed with more money, you're not doing enough with your money. Maybe because you have influence more than others, you're not doing enough with that influence. So it's not so much that you're not doing the right things, but you have greater opportunity to do things, and you're not. Hashem puts us in life, and He gives us opportunities to shine above others. Whether it's opening something that needs to be open, an organization, whether, whether it's involvement in things that not everybody has the ability to be involved. Nahkora means look deeper to see if there's more you could be doing with what Hashem gave you. It's your great potential. Says the Gemara, that's what you do when you have in your life, something go wrong. Look good. You know, for most people, the first thing they do when they have something go wrong is they check the mezuzah. I don't know if you know that. I say, the poor mezuzah.
1: <laughs>
0: what did the mezuzah do to you? That every issue that has any relevance to your life, you blame the mezuzah. How how does... Is that that the right reaction? I'm not saying you shouldn't check mezuzah. But why are you rushing to the mezuzah? Look what we do. Something goes wrong. Instead of taking the lesson, we go somewhere else. The lesson is for you, not the mezuzah. What do we do? We call a rabbi... Not to get guidance, to get a blessing. A blessing is also good. But more than the blessing, ask for guidance. You know, the Torah, when we find different situations about people who are in trouble, like let's say the person who has tzaraat, it's a spiritual disease. The Torah says, Send him to the Kohen. Let the Kohen deal with him. Why the Kohen? What does Kohen have to do with leprosy? The answer is the Kohen is someone who is a wise person, a person who's supposed to be learning Torah so that he can guide him. The Gemara says, if somebody's sick, let him go to a hacham. Let him go to a wise person. Not just to get a blessing. To ask them guidance. Could you help me? Now if you're not going to ask... Clearly, nobody's going to tell you. If you're not going to say, tell me, is there anything wrong with me? Even a rabbi will not tell you. If you ask, what's the guy that will say? You're such a dickhead. You're really so special. I really can't understand. Because probably you can't handle it. Or at least he thinks you can't handle it. Not such a good thing to throw punches at people if they're not ready. But you have to ask. You have to say, is there anything that you know about me that I need to change? Can I tell you what I do here? Maybe I could do that better? That's called nach derachenu. The, the direction isn't the mezuzah. If a person is dealing with something, it's not the bracelet that's going to make it work. A person needs to look into themselves not an easy thing, granted, that we should look into ourselves. Like I said, it's painful, but there's no choice. And by the way, this is the story of our people from way back. This is the way we react. Let me give you a few stories, you could appreciate it. The Gemara says in Masechet Berachot, I give you these stories as an example, there are so many. The Gemara says that Rav Hunah, was one of the great sages in our history, Rav Hunah, the Gemara says, had 400 barrels of wine and they all went sour on him and became worthless. So Rav Yehuda went to visit him. I guess it was a big catastrophe. He lost all his money. Rabbi Yehuda and the Hachamim went to visit him. Now, I don't know what you would do if you went to visit someone who lost all his money. I'm not sure what you would say then. I'm quite sure you won't say this. And I'm not saying you should. Because the people you're visiting are probably not (coughs) Rabunah. You would probably say, no worries, don't worry. It's going to be fine. You'll pick yourself up. Don't give up. Which again, is the right thing to say. I don't say that. But listen to what they told Ravuna. They told him, ayin mor bemileh. You know, you better check yourself out. Whoa. Could you imagine? You just lost everything. The guy comes in. The Rabbis come in. She want to tell you. You better check into your business Listen to his answer He says to them He says to them Do I look like a criminal in your eyes? Do I look suspicious to you? You're telling me look into your business dealings? Obviously he was stunned But was a very great man. Said, what are you talking about? Listen to their answer. <inaudible> they said to him, <inaudible> Oh, so you're accusing the creator of the world to be a criminal? You're suspecting him of doing something to you without any reason? You're asking us if we're suspecting you, so you're suspecting the Creator. You think he just does this for fun? You think he's just playing a game with you? What are you saying? That woke him up. Even Rav Huna, imagine, even Rav Huna, talking about people in denial, even Rav Huna couldn't imagine. But they told him right. They said, Listen, be careful. Watch what you're saying. You're upset, we're suspicious with you. You're doing worse. So then he told them, I'm he said, so tell me, did anyone hear something about me that I have to fix? He didn't say that before. He couldn't imagine it. They told him, yes, we did. We heard that in your business dealings with the people who work for you, you're not paying them the way you're supposed to. I don't want to get into the details. Not important. He says to them, "I'm not paying them. You see how much they steal from me? These people are stealing all day from me. Want to see the camera? Look at this aisle four. Boom, almost empty. Not from the customers. They're stealing all day. And you're telling me I'm not paying them? Of course I'm not paying them. They still owe me." Ah, they told him, oh, that's what people say. Sure, a guy steals, so you could steal too. No, just because they're stealing from you, what are you stealing from them? He said to them, you're right. It's true. Kabil not like, I will accept upon myself, but I'm going to pay them. It was a mistake. The Gemini says that story I had a good ending. Some say, turned back into wine or some say the vinegar became very scarce in the city, the prices went up. But that's not really the point. The point is, you see that the reaction is, wait, are you suspecting the Creator? When you say that, are you suspecting me? So who are you suspecting? The Gemara says that our Papa was once walking up the ladder. And one of the rungs fell. And he almost fell. Revanas says he felt bad. He says, wow, what did I do wrong? That I almost fell off the ladder. And Revanas said they're trying to figure out what he did wrong. And he couldn't find anything. They told him, maybe Ani came to you and you didn't give him money. Me and you would say, oh, who bought this ladder? What kind of ladder is this? Who made the ladder? Let's sue the company. Maybe you should. That's not the point. But that's not the first reaction. There's a reason why the rung fell off the ladder. That's called a lesson. There was a lesson planned that day. You were the student, and the ladder was the book. And you need to learn from it. Yerushalmi says that one time Rabbi Hanina bin Dosa was sitting and eating on Lil Shabbat with his wife and the table broke. It happens all the time. One of the legs breaks. many time you sit sitting on a table, boom. People get angry, people get mad. Too much food on the table. Who kicked? Who did? Rasha, the guy who sold it to us.
1: It's
0: all kinds of reactions. Yimena says, he told his wife, why did this happen? Now again, I don't know if we can ask these questions because we could probably list like a thousand things why it happened. But these people lived a different kind of life. They couldn't understand why. They're trying to figure out why this happened. What did we do wrong? His wife told him, you know, I just remembered. I borrowed food from the next door neighbor and I didn't give ma'aser, in Eretz Israel, you have to give masrot. You have to separate and give maser before you can eat the food. Not like you go to the store and you buy food. In Israel, you have to have kashrut even in the food store because you have to separate masrot. You say, ah, I took from the neighbor. I didn't separate masrot. This is a great one. I don't know if this will ever register by us. Gemara says Rabbi Tarfon was once sitting eating. He had a piece of bread. And he's eating, and it fell out of his hand. He says, Amar, he says, why this happened to me? Why did bread fly out of my hand? How many things fall out of your hand a day?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> fell out of his hand. Bread fell out of his hand, and he's going crazy. Why? Why is it happening to me? And he found the reason. He borrowed something, he didn't do the right things but that's the mindset if you know the Pasuk and Tehilim, the mindset is that you're a student and he's a teacher, and he's always looking to teach you Tzadiq, Rasha doesn't make a difference he's teaching you nothing happens for no reason there's always a reason and the reason has to do with you it's hard to accept I say you not to not me all of us it's hard to accept but it's reality that's what David Amir teaches that's what Hazal teach and by the way I told you it doesn't have to be major things like we see simple things the opposite if you're able to get the lesson from a simple thing so much better the Gemara says, "How, far, like, what's called yisurin? What's called suffering?" The Gemara says, "Interesting question." In other words, at what point is it called suffering? So the Gemara says, "It had give different uh, opinions," and then the Gemara says, "You know what? Even if you put your hand in your pocket, you think to get a quarter, and you got a nickel." Did that, to the quarter, ah, it's a nickel. Okay, now I go back to my back. says Gemara, that's called Yisurim. Now what kind of suffering is that? Who, who suffered by taking a nickel instead of a quarter? What's Gemara saying? That's suffering? What the Gemara is saying is that if you're up and aware and you realize that there's a message in that, that's your Yusurin. You don't need any other lessons. You got the lesson. Because if you don't get the lesson by the quarter, you need a ladder. If you don't get it by the ladder, you need an airplane. If you don't get it by the airplane, just, you they just, they just need to wake you up. What would you do if you had a son that you need to teach something and you're not listening? You just got to keep putting more energy into it. By the person who had leprosy as we mentioned he sent to the Kohen to determine if he's Tameh to help him whatever it is and the Torah says a number of times Vira Aha Kohen and the Kohen will see him and he'll see his issues but one time the Pesuk says by the end when he's coming pure from his leprosy Remember the guy who got leprosy is because he did something wrong, he spoke the wrong way. He had a eye a very narrow eye. Every time it says kohen, kohen, more than ten times it says kohen, kohen. He sees, he sees. But when it comes to the Kohen, making him tahor, it says Viraahu. And as the Quran sees him, what did they The Sifteh Sadiq says, no, no, because by the purification, it's not enough to see what's on his body. Vera'ahu, he wants to see if he got the message. Did he change? Till then he was looking at, at the tzaraat. But by the purification, vera'ahu, he wanted to see what happened to him. Did he changed the way he spoke, that he changed his behavior. And till now I brought you different examples of Jews, of great people. This mindset was even obvious to goyim. How do I know that? Look in the story of Yonah. We all know the story of Yonah, more or less. We read it on the half Kippur. Yonah is a messenger of Hashem, he's a Nabi, he's sent on a mission, he ends up trying to escape his mission, doesn't want to do it, not the time to get into it. Now, bottom line, he ends up going on a boat, he's running away. Running away from his mission. He's on the boat, with all goim, and they're traveling on the boat, and all of a sudden, there are major storms at sea. And the boat was ready to fall apart. So they turn to Yonah. And they ask him, Please tell us, Why? Who on this boat has done something wrong that we have to suffer because of him? This is goim, Idol worshippers. They ask him. Why is this happening? Who... Is responsible for this. They told them, What do you do? Maybe you did something wrong and maybe you're in the wrong business. Maybe the people you come from, maybe they're the wrong people. And we have to suffer now because of that. Which nation do you come from? Maybe you're part of a, some terrible nation that was suffering here. Amazing! What you see? You see these words and what? Goyim asking this. Even the goy knows there's no Yisurin without something wrong. It's not like people say, "Oh, so you're you're blaming me? I'm not blaming you for anything. It's not about blaming. It's not a blame game. It's not about anybody else. It's about each person for himself." It's not about going in public and telling people, oh, you. I would not recommend this, by the way. What's going to happen after this class is each person is going to start saying, oh, yeah, those people. (laughs) And I mentioned on and I believe it's very true, but I never saw it in a book. I've noticed in my life that people love to hear Musa. They love Musa. They love it. Give them halakha. I don't know what to do on Shabbat, maybe, Musar, love it, <laughs> sit and talk Musar all day, they'll sit and listen. But God forbid you tell a guy Musar straight, I've done that, you go over to a guy, he's been coming to your class for like years, loves it, listens to everything you say, then you go over to say, listen, I going to tell you something, you should work on your anger, it's, <gasps> why are you saying that to me? <laughs> gets all angry and upset. And you think these aren't you've been sitting in class for four years, you didn't get upset. The fact the opposite, you loved it. But then you tell him one thing he gets offended. How do you explain that? So I have the explanation. I think it's a very simple explanation. I think that people love Musa because they always see the person next to them as a real problem. (laughs) And they love it. You talk about anger, they say, oh, how about you got it? You don't know how many people I know like this. (laughs) Any subject that you discuss, like you'll just have like hundreds of people in your mind flashing the stubborn, oh yes, I know people like that. Arrogant! Ah, oh. how many classes I've given, and people say, "Rabbi, that was great. You really gave it to them." You don't know how much they need that. It never even dawned on the person that this could be also him. No, it wasn't even like a thought. It was like not even a. He wasn't coming to say anything wrong to me. Everybody's walking out happy, Samaya. If you would say the same words one-on-one, you'd lose a friend for life. So why is everyone happy? Because everyone feels great. How everybody else is so corrupt and so horrible, and they're just above it all. Because we take the message, and we just say, Oh, I know people like that. And we love that. So I don't recommend after this class that we go around and tell people, oh wow, you almost fell off the chair. Oh, sekila, It's <laughs> your sekila. You should really work on your uh, Shabbat. Because that was like stony. Just one oh, you I, I don't recommend that. I don't think that's not the point of this class. I did not come here to give you musar. I came to teach us that when something happens, we have to ask the question to ourselves. When somebody else happens to it, it's a different story. So don't take the wrong message. Yes, I'm talking to you. You might get upset. You might not come back. Okay. But that's the only system. Is that each person take responsibility for themselves. Don't live in denial and don't make it somebody else's problem. And by the way, there are always explanations. You know why the ladder is no good? Oh yeah, because when we when we took it in the car, someone sat on it, so that should make sense. Oh no, I got it okay forget it. Message gone. Anytime time you have an explanation to why something happened, unless you did something wrong, for example, you're doing 100 miles per hour, and God forbid you entered the an accident, then that's why it happened. Because you drove 100 miles per hour. But to look for reasons why it happened, oh, maybe because this, this, maybe because of that, nothing to do with anything, it makes us feel better. Oh, so it's not about me, okay. But someone sat on the rug. That's why. That's a terrible mistake. And you should know, if the lesson is meant for you, it will always catch you. It doesn't matter where you go. It doesn't matter where you escape. And It doesn't matter where your mind mentally takes you. If the lesson is meant for you, then the lesson will get to you. It doesn't mean you're going to react, but it will get to you. It's a cute story. And it's not so cute. It's an unfortunate story, but for us, it's meaningful. There were two brothers, two great rabbis. One rabbi was his name is Rabbi Eliezer Milojinsky. His brother, Rabbi Zusha. So they were traveling once, and they ended up staying by some hotel. In those days, I don't know what the motels looked like. And they found a spot on the floor to sleep next to the heater. The place of goyim. In the middle of the night, while they're sleeping, they hear the goyim all drunk, and they're, they're making noise, and they're laughing, and they And all of a sudden, Rav Zusha, who was next to the. To the fireplace, they grab him, pick him up, and they punch him, and punch him, and hitting him his brother, as he on the floor, watching. Finally, they finished with him, they put him down. His brother felt so bad. One, that his brother got hurt, and two, nothing happened to him. Like, you feel worse. if You both got it, okay. You nothing know, happened to you? He says, you know what? Tells his brother, move over. Let me take your spot. In case they come back. At least I'll get hit this time. You should get hit twice. He moves him over. He lays down. All of a sudden, again, some crazy guy comes. He's all he's, He picks up the one next to the fire. The disc, he's about to punch him. His friend says, hey, come on. Have a little compassion. You can hit the same guy twice. <laughs> because you're right he puts him down <laughs> takes it out of the other guy Such <laughs> a nice story but it's a telling story his brother looks at him and says you see if it's supposed to come to you it's going to come to you it's like a pregnant woman trying to get away from her baby wherever she goes he's coming <laughs> says the that's lesson plan number one. That's the number one, I mean, that's the way he put it. Lesson plan, you know, by the way, just a side point, it says. In the words of Hazal, something very hard to understand. They say like this Tzaddik vetodlo. If you see a Tzaddik, a great person, a righteous person, and you see it's going good for him, then he's seen, simply means he's seen Barakha, it's good, then he is a Tzaddik ben Tzaddik. Must be not only he's righteous, but also his father's righteous. Tzaddik veralo. What if you see a tzaddik and not so good, it's not happening as well as it should, Yisurin, then he must be tzaddik ben Rasha. Even though he's righteous, but maybe his father's not so righteous. Simply hard to understand the statement, but I saw once a beautiful explanation. Listen to this explanation. They explained that both of these people, both of these tzaddiks are having a hard time they're both getting some the first lesson of the <laughs> they're getting something in their life. The tzaddik ben tzaddik he takes it as good. Why? Means he accepts the lesson he receives it and he makes good of it. Why? Because he has no one to blame. He sees his father the tzaddik he comes from a family of tzaddikim. They brought him up perfectly. Who was he going to blame? He blames himself. Ah, oh, you blame yourself? What happens to the bed? It turns out good because the lesson that they sent to you, you took it. But Sadiq ben Rasha, when he gets something that's not so good in his life, what does he do? He's, oh, my parents, Shemishmur. I have to suffer for them. Look at the way they brought me up. The way they raised me. If I would have been raised in a normal house. If I would have had normal rabbis. If I would have had. He's blaming the whole world. So for him, the lesson is ra'. The lesson isn't good. So it's two tzaddikim that got the same lesson. One of them says, wow, good lesson. I needed that. I got to fix myself. He's nobody to blame. He's Sadiq ben Sadiq. Who is he blaming? That Sadiq ben Rasha, he has plenty of people to blame. He looks at what's coming to him as Rav. That's the beauty of what we're learning. It's not so beautiful to get Yisurim. But it is beautiful, it's Tov if we turn it into Tov. And the only way it's going to happen is if we focus on ourselves. And nobody has to know. You can get advice from people, but you don't have to, to tell everyone about your issues. It's a, it's a personal issue says the Hobbot Levalot, listen to this lesson plan number two. How else does Hassan teach us? So one is we got it. Number two says the Havot Levalot that when you see suffering that come to other people which means that if you saw or were shown the suffering that other people are going through, whatever it might be, that's a lesson planned for you. There's a reason why you saw it. It wasn't by accident that you walked by and you saw that person who's struggling to walk. It wasn't accidental where you walked by and you saw a person who couldn't see. It wasn't by accident you heard a story that happened to somebody that was very unfortunate. Usually when you hear of things that happen to others, so you just think about the others. But says the what a tremendous Hidush, that sometimes the lesson plan of the Creator has you as the target, but you're not the one suffering. Now be careful, that's not your first reaction. When people are suffering, you need to feel compassion for them. The first thing should be, how can I help them? How can I save them? How can I pray for them? That's the first order of business. But, says the Hobot, don't forget, there's also a lesson for you. A very valuable lesson that you need in your life. Shlomo Amelech says it beautifully when he says the words, let's take Hashem sometimes will hit the let's. The let's is the person who's always mocking. He's a cynic. Anything you say, he just makes fun of. No matter how long you talk or how much you prove or how logical it is that you're saying, a cynic just is always laughing. He's always putting down nothing real, nothing serious. You can give a whole class, you can speak for three hours and bring proof from logic, from Torah Shebiktar, Torah Shebaal the, everyone's walking out clear, the cynic says, ah, brainwash. What, what does that mean? What are you saying? But it doesn't matter because all he's trying to do is take out the, deflate the energy that comes from truth. A let's doesn't get messages. The only solution with a let's is take. But listen to the Pasuk says Shlomo Melech. Let's take. Upeti ya'rim. Peti is the person who is Hazit. He doesn't he's just being fooled in life. He doesn't realize he's making the wrong choices. He has the wrong friends they're not doing it on purpose they're not a cynic, they're not evil they're just lost which is probably the story of most people who are not on the right they're just lost, they don't know better either they didn't grow up with it or they got lost along the way there's plenty of places in this world to get lost the first place is on your phone you get lost you get lost in things that don't matter Someone just told me the other day, just yesterday, an older person that I've been learning with for the last, I guess, year or so. He said, you know, I went on a trip. I've been on this trip maybe 50 times. He said, but this time, it just felt so weird to see so many people doing nonsensical things. When you're lost, you don't see anything. You look at the most senseless things and they seem so important. And the most important things seem so you know, unimportant. So the petty Hazid, he just lost. But when he sees that the makot, when the let's gets the makot, the let's, you could only send the makot. But the petty Yarim, he will learn from the makot of the lets. A lesson that Hashem sends us is when things happen to other people. Fortunate is the person who takes such a message into their lives. There are so many things that we see around us. So many tragedies that we hear about. Close to us and even far. They are meant for a reason. They are meant to avoid yisurin. A person who gets yisurin needs the lesson direct but if you can get the lesson when you hear about other people you're so much better off you see you only need the first lesson if you didn't get the second one if you got the second lesson you're good it works like in steps there's so many thousands of examples the pasuk says, "Tzarot levavi We explained that last week. David HaMelech says, "Tzarot," when you send me troubles, they open my heart; I become better. Hosieni. take me out of my suffering. Almost seems to be contradictory. On one hand, you say tzarot are great, but save me from my tzarot. So last week we gave one explanation, but then I'm going to give you another explanation. Some explained tzarot. When I see tsarot in others, I get better. I ask myself, why did I hear about that? Why am I going through this now? Why did my friend have, why did it happen to him? Tsarot, when I hear other tsarot, right away, I take the message, my own problems, I don't have to face. Because I already got the lesson, from somebody else. The Pasuk says in Shira Shirim, Am Yisrael, the Neshama that every one of us has, says to Hashem, Moshcheni, pull me, Hashem, pull me after you, so I could run after you. Moshcheni means, bring me after you. What does that mean? One great rabbi explained beautifully. When it comes to acquiring an animal, if a person wants to acquire a book, the way to acquire it is they pick it up. That's called an acquisition. It's an active acquisition. So it becomes yours when you pick it up. When it comes to a heavy animal, how can you acquire it? Can't pick it up. So there's two ways to do it. Either you call the animal towards you and say, hey,
1: come to me, come.
0: And he comes to you. Ah that's yours, or if you hit him and he keeps going because of your shots, says the Pasuk in Shirim, Hashem please, Moshcheni Aharecha call me so I could run after you, don't acquire me with a stick, don't acquire me by hitting so I have to run Moshcheni, acquire me by calling me to you. And I will run towards you. I want that type of acquisition with us. Moshcheni Aharecha Narutza happens when a person sees and hears about others and they take the message to themselves. I'll end off by telling you a Gemara that you might be surprised to hear. It's a little bit shocking. The Gemara says, Interesting, what an interesting thing. He says, no problem happens in the world doesn't have a message for Amisa, And as she says, to give him a lesson, to make Teshuvah. The Gemara says, even Sefinot, even ships that are traveling from Spain to France, in those days, there were nowhere, no Jews near that area. No, not even close. We're in the Middle East. This is all in Europe. Even if a ship sinks over there, has to do with Amisra. Something has to do with Amisra. What's the logic to that? So I mean, you hear a tragedy that went on in Ukraine. No Jews were involved. It's a message for Amisra. There was once a story. A man came from China to visit the Hafez Chaim. So the Hafez Chaim says, "Tell me, how is it going in China?" He says, it's going good, you know, we don't really have a rabbi, it's not so great spiritually, we're trying, we're trying to build, we're trying to do, okay, we need the bracha, we hear this. So the Hafezai just tell me, what else is going on in China, anything happening, anything noteworthy? He says, yeah, actually, there was a city in China, there was something, some rupture in the dam, something happened, and the whole city got flooded, people died. Haved Chaim says, oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah, can't believe it. Can't believe it. What happened? So the man's looking at the Haved Chaim, rabbi. No, there were no Yehudim in that town. So the turns to him and says, let me ask you a question. He says, imagine you go in the middle of Times Square. He said a different place, but I say Times Square. Times Square had millions of people traveling through that square every day people from all over the world. And a guy gets up and starts talking on the mic in Hebrew. So tell me, who is he talking to? He's only talking to people who understand Hebrew. Even though, ah, but there are millions of people here. But he's not talking to them. How do I know he's not talking to them? Because it's not their language. He says, our people understand this language. Our people understand this lesson. If something happened in China, so again, you have to feel bad, you have to try to help, all that yes. But don't forget, there's something in it for you. And in fact, the language that was used is a language that only Am Yisrael takes to heart. So yes, if there are things happening around the world, if you have a sensitive ear, even those would be a reason to say, oh wow, what can I do better in my life? I think it's a little hard for us to do that, honestly. I think it's a little bit beyond our capability to hear news in China and stop making teshuva. I don't know if that's going to happen anytime soon. But the things that are around us? Family, friends, community? We hear things? We see things? That's a lesson, says the Hawadullah. Says the Hawadullah, don't ignore what just happened. Don't just say, well, that's their problem. No, but you heard about it. You saw it. There's a reason why you saw it. It's meant for you to look into yourself. And see what you can do better. The point of this class is not to be mentally exhausted. Every second of your life, you're worried about what you're doing. That's not not what it means. But it means to be aware. That there are times in our day, in our week, in our month, whenever it is, not to drive yourself crazy. Because a person could drive himself crazy also. And become not normal. You can't drive yourself crazy. But you also have to be up. You have to be aware. You have to be conscious. When tragedies happen, especially, you know what? Let's not talk about the small tragedies. Let's not talk about the one that you see a guy eating in a restaurant and the bread fell out of his hand. Let's forget that one for now. But when you hear something that shakes the community, or something that shakes your family, that needs to be something about you. That's all. And that's why we say But we say in the Amidah Baruch atah Hashem Hole Amo Yisrael We say Hashem You heal The sick of the Jewish people And the obvious question is Why do we say that? For what reason do we have to say Hole Amo Yisrael Hashem sends Refu'ah To all sick people Just say Rufaycholim So simple We have to make it now A Jewish issue Hashem only heals the Jewish people. It's not true. The Stakel explains beautifully when this I end. He says, if you look in the Midrash, the Midrash says, really? The only reason why there's sickness in the world is that Am Yisrael should make the mm. So the Midrash says, How come the other nations have also sickness? If that's the only reason? It says the Midrash, because otherwise it would be a Hilal Hashem. The Am Hashem is the only one that gets sick. There's a reason why they get sick. It's to raise them to another height, because they have much greater responsibilities. The same way we learned last week about the chicken and the boy. But it would be a Hilal Hashem, it would be too much. So therefore Hashem made also other people say, But it comes out that if no Yehudi needs to be sick, nobody will be sick. That means the only reason why there is issues in health is because of Am-Yisrael. Because we, get, we are supposed to get that message. That's why we say, Rofa'ah Hole Amo yisrael Because if they're healed, then there's no more sickness in the world source of holy is Amoy Yisrael. Could you imagine? The source of all sickness is our people. What? What are you talking about? How could that be? Are we the chosen nation? Yes, we are. We have a very big job here. There's a lot to accomplish. And the holy is meant to change us or the people who see it in us. That's lesson number two. To be-yashar Hashem. That's why Hashem is always teaching. Even the people who are off, He's teaching them. He's teaching them. What are the lesson plans? Oh, there's a lot. But there are four major ones, says the Havad Number one is Yisurin. That's lesson plan one. Lesson plan two is when you see other people suffering with anything. That's your lesson plan for you. Next week, we'll do the other two lesson plans. Those are going to be especially meaningful and especially important and essential. Baruch Amen